Yeah, Yes, an audio serial, written and read by Daniel Cotier. This story contains adult themes, coarse language, themes of suicide and self-harm. If the contents of this story are triggering for you or anyone you know, I ask you to please call Lifeline on 131114. If you are listening outside Australia, you can find contact numbers for mental health support services on our social media pages. These are found at Yeah Yes Audio Serial on Facebook and Instagram and Yeah Yes Serial on Twitter. Chapter 1, Monday, 7th of August, 2017. The bus rounds the corner, and yet again I'm faced with the choice, jump aboard or jump in front. I lose the game of chicken, and it sails past me to a stop. I jump aboard, smiling at the driver whose life I could have just ruined if only I'd been brave. Good morning. It takes all I have to make my dry voice sound chirpy. He smiles back at me, and I beeline to the second Opal card reader, slightly out of his sight. There's one free seat up the back, and I don't have the energy to stand. I swipe my card on the reader, and it double blips loudly to let the world know that I have no money. I walk right past as if I'm oblivious. No one notices. No one cares. I drop into the left-hand corner of the long back seat, squeezing past the teenage pair in the centre. We lurch forward, and I wonder what sound my bones will make when I throw myself under. Is there a way that I could go under and survive? Knowing my luck, I'd find that way. Last night's bourbon bangs its drums inside my skull. I turn and look at the golden arches that will beckon me home later. I cannot believe I'm out of the house. If I get this job, though, I could have to leave the house every day, which really doesn't appeal. The noisy teens aren't helping my hangover, squawking about some nonsense on their phones. My ears aren't used to this level of noise. My headphones are in without any music playing. I just need the barrier. The boy stinks of Lynx deodorant. It creeps up my nose and drums into my brain, dragging me back to the high school battleground. Some of the guys dared me to spray Lynx on my arm for as long as I could, and it burned a little hole in my skin. I run my finger over the little hairless circle that pokes out of my sleeve. They told me I was a faggot because I didn't last long. I proved them wrong, seeing as I'm the one who's been finishing myself off while Mark had a shower for the last five years. I stretch my legs and gently kick the teenage boy. I should top up my Opal card. I just can't afford it at the moment. I've lost track of how long it's been since I last paid rent, so I'm hardly going to pay for public transport which my taxes should pay for anyway. The charm offensive hasn't ever failed me, so maybe I can just keep riding the bus for free for the rest of my life as long as I smile and am courteous to the driver. I'm also very aware that the drivers do the same route, so the one I'm courteous to today could be the one who slams on his brakes and tries to miss me tomorrow. The bus jolts over a bump and I clutch my tote bag. I feel the envelopes crease under my hands, I pulled them out of the letterbox on the way out, a collection of snail-nibbled bills. I hope the snails were courteous enough to eat the section where it says Mr. B. Mitchell and Mr. M. Hardy and the amount that I owe. I found a snail in my bedroom the other day and it got me wondering, if I killed myself there, would they start to nibble away at me? How many snails would it take to devour a corpse? 
The bus lurches again and my stomach turns. My stop is next. I press the little red button and slide past the teenagers, whacking the boy with my tote bag on the way out. Thank you. I smile and wave up to the bus driver and then hop lightly off the bus from the back door. Again, no one stops me or seems to care that I didn't tap off. Let's hope I can keep pulling the wool over people's eyes and land this job. The butterflies in my stomach start to slosh around in the puddles of old Jim Beam. I cross the road and look at the exterior of the cafe. It's cute. Out the front there are cast iron garden tables which have been painted lime green. Stickers on the window either side of the door read, The Intersection, in neon yellow. The door is bright red. Weirdly, nothing seems to clash. Whoever did this design has a kitsch sensibility, but they've pulled it together well. My graphic design degree and I approve. Above the door is a sign listing the licensee as Erin Smith. She's the one I'm meeting today. Behind the bright red door, more colours beam out at me. Each table has a different array of colourful stripes painted on top. The one nearest me is a gay pride flag, all the rainbow's colours sitting atop one another. A cute guy is serving at the counter, behind a platter of cronuts. He has a tan in August with no orange undertones, which makes me think he's Mediterranean. The woman in front of me orders her almond latte, pays and steps to the side. Morning. How are you? The cute guy has a British accent and fantastic arms poking out of his black apron. No, don't get distracted. Stay focused. Um, yeah, good thanks. I'm Joe. I have an interview with Erin. A voice comes from behind me. Hi, Joe. I turn and look at the pink-haired waitress clearing the stripy table behind me. I'll be five minutes. Take a seat. Erin Smith is boring in name only. She has bright pink hair with a patch shaved right back to the scalp on the left side. She's wearing a lemon yellow blouse with tight black dungarees on top and black vans. She also has two huge plastic pineapple earrings dangling from her earlobes. I dare say I found the source of the kitsch sensibility. Uh, Is it okay with you if I just pop to the loo? She nods, just through the kitchen, first door on the left. I give her and Hot Brit the charm offensive smile and then head through, past the woman cooking in the small kitchen to the first door on the left. I step inside and close the door. It's pitch black. I put my hand out and find the light switch. When it's illuminated, there are comic books and drawings and letters all over the little room. There's a Tupperware box of pads and tampons next to the toilet with a sign that says emergency supplies. I look through the clear plastic lid, but there don't seem to be any cyanide pills or bottles of bourbon, so I guess they're not supplies for my particular emergency. That may be a good thing. I don't know that a suicide attempt immediately prior to the interview would land me the job. I look at myself in the mirror. Woeful. There were some huge bags under my eyes this morning, but I put a bit of Mark's forgotten concealer on them, which has improved things. I plucked my nose hairs as well, but there are still a few unruly ones poking about. Eyebrows are out of control, but thankfully still two separate entities. I'm lucky that I've got some great green eyes. They help people forget the rest of my face. I turn the tap on and rub water on the back of my neck. The little hairs that the barber trims off are long and curly and gross. Thank God I wore a collared shirt. Looking at the decor, the blazer was a mistake. I should have Googled before I came. Old Joe would have Googled 
and learnt the menu as prep. Old Joe would never have to come for an interview at a place like this. I lick my wrist and sniff. Old Joe would have brushed his teeth before coming. I pop a mint and then wash my hands and head back into the cafe. Erin is already sitting at the table waiting for me. She indicates a chair. I sit and rest my hands on a blue stripe. We are separated by the blue stripe, a pink stripe, a white stripe, a pink stripe, and then a blue stripe where Erin's got a printed copy of my resume. Welcome. First, can I get you anything? Oh, uh, water would be good, please. Sure. No tea. Coffee. I stand resolute. I read once that this is a trick employers play to learn something about you. Just the water, please. Would you like a beer? I look at her. If coffee is a trick, then beer is too, surely. Is it too early for a beer? Our liquor license is from 10am. I stare at her, but she doesn't seem to have a malicious intent. I am very tempted, but if I'm going down, I'm taking her with me. Okay, if you're having one, then yes to the beer, please. Great. She springs up and heads to the counter and asks Hot Brit for two beers. He smirks at me and ducks under the counter to grab them. Shit, maybe this is a test. If it is, how's your posture? Grandad always said I had the posture of a layabout. My hands are shaking and my head is pounding, but I am not letting my spine touch the back of this chair. No way. She returns with the beers and hands me mine. Her face doesn't give away if this is a pro or a con. She raises hers and tilts it toward me slightly. I cheers her and wait for her to take a sip. Once she does, I take one too. The beer is good. I check the label, one of those new wanky microbrewery ventures. This is the weirdest, and I've got to say, best job interview I've ever had. Is this blazer what you usually wear? No, this is interview chic. I'm a lot more comfortable in a cardigan. Great. The vibe here is sort of colourful, come as you are. That work for you? Yeah. Great. Do you know what the top of this table represents? I look down at it. I've seen the pattern before, but I don't know where. I shake my head. It's a trans flag. We are an inclusive space. The thought is that you come in and let all of your colours shine through. All of our staff and a lot of our clientele are queer, gender diverse or allies. Does that cause you any consternation? No, no. My voice dips. Um, I'm gay. She takes a sip and looks at my resume. This is impressive. Your last job was in fine dining. Good money? I shake my head. There for over a year. Her brown eyes peg me. Why did you leave? My stomach lurches. I knew she was going to ask this. I keep my face as neutral as possible. Um... We decided to go our separate ways. She smiles at me, her pineapples tilting toward me. So, you were fired. I shift. Do not let your back touch the seat. Um, it was more mutual than that. She sips her beer and leans back in her chair. So, if I rang them, they wouldn't tell me you were fired. Fuck, okay. This lady wants it straight up. No more bullshit. They probably would, but I got fired because they left the tip spreadsheet out one day and I saw that managers get a 40% share. It was fine dining, so everyone paid through the nose and didn't tip. Then the money that was tipped didn't go to the staff who'd earned it. And you weren't into that? 
I shake my head and take a sip of the beer. No, I think tips are earned by the waiter, so they belong to the waiter. Shit, this beer is like a truth tincture. How do you feel about tips being pooled? Be smart. Is that what you do here? No. Then I hate it. I made $450 in tips on a good weekend and only saw 120 because others weren't as good at their jobs and the managers were thieving assholes. I'm not greedy, but fair is fair. Here, you get to keep any tips you make. It's about 100 bucks a week if you're lucky, but it's all yours. Well, uh, that sounds good to me. I look down at the ground, getting ready for an oldie but a goodie. If I get the job, I look back at her, using the green eyes to try and dazzle her. You haven't got it yet. Can you come back tomorrow for a trial? Fuck, I have to leave the house again. Yeah, tomorrow would be great. She leans back and finishes her beer. 10.30 again. Works for me. Great. Let us see your colours, please. She puts out her hand and we shake. She's got a barista's grip. The bell for the kitchen dings and she hurries to get the food. I take two big gulps and finish my beer. It may be Dutch courage, but I decide to take the bottles to the hot Brit. He smiles at me. There is a gap in his front teeth, which makes him even more cute. Trial tomorrow? Yeah. He leans in. Good work except in the beer. That's their first test. I hope you can make a good cup of coffee. I lean in. I can. They'll get you to make an almond flat white first. It's the hardest milk consistency to get right. Be ready. I frown. Who's they? Erin. They're non-binary. They use they, them pronouns. I have an anxiety spike and do a quick stock take of the chat we just had. Did I call them a her? I didn't know what the trans flag was, but otherwise I can't think of anything offensive, I said. Ah, well, uh, that's good to know. Thanks. No worries. I'm Ant. He offers his hand. I take it and shake. Joe, see you tomorrow. I turn away from him and walk back out to the street and the lime green chairs. I keep checking, but I can't think of anything bad, I said. I feel a little pilot light of hope in my lower belly. Don't get too hopeful. You will fuck this up. Another bus approaches, and it's choice time again. I can't wait until I make the brave one and feel my chest smash into a headlight. Yeah Yes is written, read, produced and directed by Daniel Cotier. Music, editing and sound engineering is by Nathan Barraclough. If you have any queries or concerns, you can contact us at yayesaudioserial at gmail.com. Tune in Thursday for the continuing adventures of Joe Mitchell. Thanks for listening.